2: Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Seems as though I've lived my life. On the bad side of the moon Just stir your dregs and sickness still Without a rustic spoon Now come on people, live with me Where the light has never shone And the hornets flock like hummingbirds Speaking in a foreign tongue It's my life, it's my
3: life, it's my life
2: Welcome back to The Excellent everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. It is Canada Day. Canada is now 141 years young. By the way, here are some uh, facts about Canada. Canada is the second largest country in the world with 9,971,000 km, square kilometers of land. The baseball glove was invented in Canada in 1883, with only uh, 3 people per square kilometer, Canada has the fourth lowest population density in the world. Vancouver, Canada is tied with Zurich, Switzerland for the highest quality of life of any city in the world. The world's smallest jail is believed to be in Rodney, Ontario, uh, Canada. It is only 2. Point, I'm sorry, 24.3 square meters or about 270 square feet. Canada has the ninth biggest economy of the world. According to the United Nations uh, Human Development Index, Canada has the highest quality of life in the world. Contrary to public opinion, Canada does not own the North Pole. In fact, the North Pole is not owned by any country. It is believed, however, that Santa Claus is from Canada. Canada is the world's eighth biggest trader. Of all the world's uh, producers of natural gas, copper, zinc, nickel, aluminum, and gold, Canada is in the top five. Canada is the home of many great inventions, including basketball, the electric light bulb, the electric range, the electron microscope, standard time, the television, the telephone, and the zipper. Canada is the fifth largest energy producer in the world. And Canada has the world's highest education enrollment. So there you go. Happy birthday, Canada, and thank you, Canada. My special my special guest this hour is Ellie Marzulli. He's the author of the best-selling Nephilim Trilogy. He has received an honorary doctorate from Pacific International University for his work. He possesses an in-depth knowledge of UFOs and other supernatural phenomenon. L.A. believes that his new book, Policy, uh, Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural, The Coming Great Deception and Luciferian Endgame, may Provide vital information regarding the ongoing tensions in the Middle East, ancient prophecies, and ongoing supernatural events. His new book may be purchased in all stores, or you can go to his website at www.spiraloflife.com. And Ellie Marzuli, welcome back to the Exxon. How are you, Ellie? I'm
4: great, Rob. Thanks for having me back. Pleasure to be here, as always.
2: It's always great having you with us, Ellie. Um, let me see, where do we start tonight?
4: Well, interestingly enough, um, you know, last week we were talking about the weather anomalies, and uh, I read, read a post that I received, and, and we we kind of, you know, talked about it at length, talking specifically about the weather-related incidents, natural disasters specifically, are up 400% in two decades. And, and, you know, you and I talked about this, and it's like if it was maybe 50% or even 100%, I mean, maybe we could say, well, it's cyclical or we're not sure, global warming, but 400% in two decades. And then, of course, right on the heels of that last week, now we've got um, lightning. I'm reading it from, the, uh, from uh, a post off the Internet, but it's all over everything, and I think most people are aware of it. Lightning sparks 800-plus fires yes. in California. And I had the privilege of speaking to a, a fire captain today for about a half an hour on the phone, kind of picked his brain. Um, here's just some of the highlights from the
2: interview. All right, L.A., uh, what I'd like to do is hold that because okay. I do have to go to a news break. L.A. Marzulli is our special guest. And no, it's not a news break. I'm ahead of myself tonight. It's our first commercial break. We'll be back in two minutes with our special guest, Ellie Marzulli. His website, ExoNation, www.spiraloflife.com. If you'd like to give us a call and speak to L.A., our toll-free number is one 877 528 That's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My producer tonight, the one and only Batman. Nice working with you again, Batman. Batman, Elliot Marzulli, and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue live and around the world from our home in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, right here on the Talkstar Radio Network. Come on, people,
3: live with me where the light
2: has never shown. Canadian artist, Michel Pagliaro. That's one of his uh, better songs called Loving You Ain't Easy here on the x on the Talkstar Radio Network. And this portion of the x is being brought to you by Amira Soul Mystic, Master Clairvoyant Healer and Spiritual Teacher. For more information on Amira Soul Mystic, She has a toll-free number, explanation at 1-800-659-6796. That's 1-800-659-6796. You can call that number and ask her about the sacred travel trip to Egypt that she is planning for this November. Or you can go online to uh, purchase her book, Love Up Your Life. At www.soulmystic.com, LA Marzuli's with us, and L.A.B., sorry about that, buddy. I had to take that commercial spot, and we were talking about lightning, and you were talking to a fire chief.
4: I was, and you know, it's 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 sort of amazing. But uh, this is the one of the quotes from the story, uh, not the not the interview. I'll get to that mm-hmm. in just a second. Uh, this is a quote, uh, the lead line is, lightning sparks 800-plus fires in California. And reading down the page, this is an unprecedented lightning storm in California that it lasted as long as it did. 5,000 to 6,000 lightning strikes, Walter said. We are finding fires all the time. So and, and, and I looked at that and I said, well, what kind of, you know, is this really an anomaly? And so I called the fire chief, spoke to him for about a half an hour and you know at first he's going well we we the california especially northern california schwarzenegger himself declared that we are in a state of drought in california so some of those things do add up the fact that the snowpack wasn't as much as it should have been uh the rainfall certainly is below uh, below average uh there's also a high pressure system which is really drying the fuel in the mountains even further what's weird i'll just cut to the chase without you know cuz i kind of <laughs> it was a half an hour of question and answering. Uh, one of the things I, I asked him was, do you find this somewhat bizarre? And he says, and the fire captain said, no, not when I consider all the factors, but it's early in the season. Then I asked him, is there a record book that keeps track of a number of fires? He says, I'm sure there might be one, but the fact that we are in a level four at this time is definitely out of the ordinary. So there's a guy that deals with this stuff, and he's never seen anything quite like it this early in the year, this time of the year, and I just found it just you know from from my viewpoint, uh, specifically talking last week with with uh, you and and sharing with all your listeners the fact that natural disasters are up 400 percent, and this is certainly a natural disaster. And I was on Drudge Report right before the show to kind of kind of check it and see how the fires are, are coming, and they're they're still not even close to containment. And apparently, the number according to latest statistics, uh, this this came. Um, uh, on the 24th and today that the number is up to like 1200 apparently so it's it's really reaching uh, i hate to use the word but biblical proportions as far as a disaster it's just really nasty and and you know you know while we were talking about this stuff and and kind of wondering are we really in that that season of time that ancient prophecies you know talks talk about the idea yeah. of famines and earthquakes in various places this kind of weird weather anomaly is this just just, uh, well, something for the record books? Or are we seeing more and more of these things? Is there, in fact, an acceleration, which is a, which is what I've coined it, are we, in fact, seeing an acceleration of these events? And not only weather-related events, but other events, such as, uh, which is the next story I'd love to get into, uh, the idea that this war in the Middle East seems to be heating up in the vitriol between Israel, and uh, its surrounding neighbors isn't going away. And I think last time I was on the show, we briefly talked about some of that and and discussed some of those ancient prophecies which talk about um, this coming war, and it sure looks like this is what's what's going to happen.
2: Is there any correlation between the fires and and the lightning strikes and the scientific community? What's science saying uh, about the lightning strikes? How is science... Uh you know uh, explaining what is going on
4: good question and I, I what I'm going to do for the next show next week i'm going to try to hunt down a meteorologist in the Los Angeles area and try to get an interview with uh that person and and ask that ask that question
2: you know because everybody looks to the scientific community and everyone neglects the ancient prophecies these days mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. You know the the famine and all the other natural disasters that are talked about within the biblical prophecies. Could they be interpreted as uh, global warming?
4: Interesting. I mean, there's a a a few people that have contacted me in regard to global warming, and apparently, you know, you hear from from Al Gore in that particular Mm -hmm. camp that there's about 2,300 scientists which have signed up saying that you know we are in global warming. This person has, is like on a vendetta with this thing, and he's gotten 30,000 scientists and, you know, and doctors and just people from, from the scientific community to come out and say that the science is flawed and, and this is cyclical. We're not in global warming. So, as, as typical, even in a jury case where they'll bring experts in and one person will say it's this and the other expert will say exactly the opposite. So, it's hard for us to discern, you know, scientifically anyway, because you have such a, such a vast difference between. Uh, the opposing camps. Are we in really global warming? Is it cyclical? Have we seen this before? Are the weather anomalies that we're seeing, is this just a cyclical deal? Or in fact, is it mirroring and echoing some of what these ancient prophecies are saying? Is it a little bit of both? And that, that's why I just kind of watch and I really don't, you know, try not to pass judgment on it, try not to be too much of an alarmist or a whistleblower. But I, I do try to bring it to the attention of listeners on the X zone because i think people need to know i mean like the the, the huge flood that's happening in in uh, in the central part of the united states that's not going away and now combined with the fires and, and when you look at other global events just because our news media isn't talking about the china the china earthquake or the cyclone in myanmar people are still definitely feeling the effects of those of those natural disasters and, uh, there's apparently a storm brewing now that's, that's, uh, it's up to, I think, uh, uh, an F2 or moving into an F3. And I'm sure we're going to be hearing more about that. But what people need to remember is, is that, yes, the cyclone is, is gone, but Miramar now is, is, is not in everybody's sights. That media has moved on to something else, whether it's Paris Hilton or whoever they're, they're talking about this week. The bottom line is that, that country is really devastated. And the relief organizations, such as World Vision, are definitely taxed. And the more of these things that happen, uh, relief organizations just can't, can't fill the bill anymore, and, and things really start to slide. So all that to say, are we in this time that ancient prophecies talk about? And that's up for your listeners to decide. I Personally, myself, I believe that, that it seems to be that we're in acceleration, the beginning of the birth pangs, as uh, as these prophecies talk about, that's my own personal view.
2: You know, there isn't a lot of negativity negativity when you when it comes to the um, uh, the um, the global warming, the floods, uh, the disasters that are happening. But one thing that I have noticed, it's bringing the world closer together. It's bringing the humans in the world closer together. It's it's like an awareness. It's like a slap on the back of the head, like your mother used to give you to get your attention.
4: Well, you know, when 9-11 happened, uh, I remember I was in my car and I was stopped at a light and a neighbor pulled up next to me, I had my radio off. A neighbor pulled up next to me, rolled down his window and said, turn on the radio, you got to listen to this. And I flipped on it and kind of looked at him and said, what's going on? He said, just turn on the radio. And, of course, I turned it on and on every station, I mean, it was just, everything was interrupted. The first plane had already hit and the uh, second plane was minutes away and I heard that live. And the aftermath of that uh, brought about... I mean, people. My phone rang off the hook. What's going on? Is this is this like a is this a sign? You know, I mean, all the a lot of paranoia, a lot of concern, and what it did do is it it kind of awakened the people in this country at least a little bit, kind of stirred us out of our slumber just yes. a little bit, and then of course we fell back. In my opinion, we fell back into in sleep and hit the snooze button, and, and off and off again we went. Meanwhile. And this is something that most Americans don't know. I think we've touched on this before, but it just, I read a post today that now they're declaring Afghanistan is more dangerous than Iraq. Uh, so it's like it goes back and forth between the two, and of course we also know that in 2007 uh, was the bumper crop of opium in Afghanistan, and we all know where you know follow the money deal with that. Mm-hmm. Someone's really profiting off of the 93 percent of the world's opium harvest is 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 grown in Afghanistan. So that's uh, it, it's not. I don't have a good feeling about that.
2: Neither do I. Neither do I. It's the. Uh, it, it, in any situation, all you have to do is follow the money, and you'll get to the bottom of it.
4: And what amazes me is obviously somebody or, or a group of people, I have no idea. I'm just one guy here. I've never been to Afghanistan. But when I read something like that, that and then they say, oh, the United Nations is going to crack down, and you know, we're going to have to figure out what's going on. It's just, in my opinion, it's just a bunch of nonsense. I mean, we're over there. We 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 obviously have some sort of satellite reconnaissance that's positioned over Afghanistan. So it's in uh, synchronistic orbit yeah. with Afghanistan. It's over Afghanistan the whole time. They know exactly what's going on, and yet the poppies are allowed to uh, to be harvested. Ninety three percent of the world's opium comes from Afghanistan, and it's it begs the question: Who is profiting from this illicit trade, which is destroying? hundreds of thousands of people's lives worldwide. I mean it's 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 unbelievable. But then you go back into the history and I hate to say this, but the history of our country in the United States, uh, and you get the slave trade one and you get the opium trade too. I mean I mean it's it's common knowledge that that England, Great Britain went to war with China over the opium trade. Hey, that, that that war was fought. Hong Kong was established uh, as a peace treaty. The British had a, a port now and, and ran opium. I mean, it, it's, it's, I'm not making this stuff up. It's common knowledge that the opium wars were fought for the opium trade. So none of this has gone away. Someone is profiting and making, you know, perhaps billions of dollars off the misery of others. And, well, of course, let, it's morally and ethically wrong.
2: Let's look at this hypothesis, my friend. You know, then we have to go to our commercial break. They were able to find Saddam Hussein. There you go. They haven't found Osama bin Laden because once he has been caught, they can't justify the cause of staying in Afghanistan.
4: And I, I concur. It's in my opinion, it's he's being used as a boogeyman. I mean, they, they could have gotten this guy. I just, exactly. I just, I have no faith in the fact that uh, we haven't gotten him. It's been seven years, and we haven't gotten the guy yet. I have a real hard time with that. I really do. And you're right. All they have to do is is play the latest Bin Laden tape and stir up the fear and get everybody going crazy. We're in Afghanistan. Our blood and treasure's yep. been over there. And it's just—it's turning out just like Vietnam, isn't it?
3: Exactly. It's a no-one
4: situation, and the Afghans have a bumper crop of opium, and now it's more dangerous than Iraq, according to L.A. A, uh,
2: standby. I've got to take my news break at the bottom of the hour. L.A. Marzulli's our special guest. Visit his website, www.spiraloflife.com. We'll be back on the other side of the news. Don't go away.
1: Here's a B-movie quiz. What big ape movie did Raymond Burr, TV's Perry Mason, and Ironside's Monkey Around in, along with Lee J. Cobb and Ben Croft, Lee Marvin, and Cameron Mitchell in an amusement park? Yes, Gorilla at Large, the 1954 color fear flick. This little gem is one of a collection of sci-fi and fantasy films on DVD for just $27.99 offered to Exxon listeners. You get a big assortment of the good, the bad, and the even worse. For the latter category, there's Pisadora in Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. The Master of Terror, John Carradine, stars in the incredible petrified world. Like Gladiator Movies Kid, Steve Reeves in Red Park, Flex Like Fury, and a few Hercules flicks. 50 movies on 12 DVDs, a $300 value if I ever saw one, all yours for $27.99 plus shipping and handling. Get online now to TalkStarRadio.com and shop the online video bookstore and bazaar.
2: Amethyst works with your guides, angels, and spirit animals to assist you in catalyzing your inner healer, clearing your psychic and spiritual debris, integrating your lost soul parts, illuminating your journey, energizing your spirit, opening your psychic senses, exercising your multidimensional gifts, activating your purpose, empowering your soul, validating your experiences, navigating life's transitions, guiding your process, awakening your spiritual essence. Balancing your energies, tapping into the creative flow, realizing your dreams, visioning your destiny, dreaming your world into being, being who you really are. Amethyst is an Exon iPod partner and can be visited online at www.answersfromyourangels.com or from your Exon iPod by touching the Angels widget on the main screen. Amethyst. www.answersfromyourangels.com
3: C'est tout ce que je veux C'est tout ce que j'ai voulu C'était mon amour de la tête aux
1: fesses Et plus ça va
2: Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. Uh, the Exxon uses Flight Explorer Professional for flight information, weather, and much for, as a matter of fact, as of this minute, we are monitoring 1,851 flights over Canada and the United States and on their way to Canada and the United States from Europe and Asia. Once again, I'd like to thank the people at Profes- uh, Flight Explorer Professional for uh, submitting us to their service. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My name is Rob McConnell, and Eli Marzuli is our special guest of this hour. He is the author of the best-selling NePhilim trilogy, and his website is www.spiraloflife.com, and that is where you go and get his new book, Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural: The Coming Great Deception and the Luciferian Endgame. L.A., always great being with you, and uh, I'm sorry that we had to cut us off uh, for the news break.
4: Rob, it's always great to be here. Uh, I'd like to just tell your um, excellent family listeners that um, my blog is now up and running finally, and it's lamarzulli.wordpress.com, and it's, I'm blogging every day, and uh, you can get the latest rants at lamarzulli.wordpress.com. <laughs> Um, there's something that, that just blew me away this morning. It came off a Debka file. We were talking about this whole idea of this, of the coming war, um, and it is coming. I mean, and, and unless something happens, and I hope it does happen. I mean, I don't, I don't want to see this thing happen, yeah. but it seems like they're ramping up, and it's, it's, it's almost past the point of no return. This is from a Debka file, and the lead story says Iran sets up 31. Marshal districts and prepares 320,000 graves for war dead. As far as I know, this is unprecedented. I have never heard of any civilization anywhere preparing in advance um, for the digging graves for the enemy. And that's that's what they're doing. They're saying basically that um, we're digging 320,000 graves. uh, So when the invading U.S. or Israelis come into our country and we kill them, we'll be able to bury them quickly.
2: Yeah, but how right? much of that is, that is how much of that is that. Uh, just psychological warfare?
4: Well, you know, it's it's a good question. I mean, I wish I had boots on the ground uh-huh. or somebody over there I could email and you know find out whether they're really doing this or is this just propaganda? It, it's just more saber rattling from mm-hmm. from Iran, which I'm sure it is. I mean, they've been going back and forth. Israel, of course, several weeks ago ran a story up to Greece in a mock attack of the Iranian. Uh, nuclear facility, and and um, it's about the same distance, about 900 miles apart, and they ran like 100 F-16s and F-15s up there, plus helicopters and refueling operations. I mean, the whole thing, it was, it was quite a quite a, an exercise. So the Iranians know something's up. The Israelis have about a year before the Iranians get the bomb. Yeah. Uh, but there's also other other sites are saying that the Shahab missile um, can um, be rigged apparently, to take a Russian nuke, even now. So, in other words, the Ruskis can come down, give them, give them the nukes that they want, um, retrofit them onto the Shahab missiles, and the Shahab missiles apparently will reach Tel Aviv. So that's um, And that's in certain parts of the net, too. So it's just a question of, you know, when this thing is, is really going to, you know, when someone's going to pull the trigger on this thing and it's actually going to start. Um, I hope it's later rather than sooner, and frankly, I hope that, uh, that it's averted. But it, like we were talking about last time, is there a way to stop it? Is, it? is it is the prophecy so etched in stone that there's no way to overturn it? And, and we talked about Ahmadinejad, and once again, even last week after the show, uh, I think he came on the record saying something like, you know, Israel is once again is soon to be completely eradicated, just wiped off the map type of a thing. That's not a direct quote, but it was basically the same, the same rant that he's been saying for years now against Israel so it's it 's just a question in my opinion that you know what 's the trigger what what event happens that um, either makes uh, let's say a group of nations attack Israel or Israel start the attack and then everybody joins the fray and Russia has made it very clear that if Iran is attacked um, they they will kind of jump in on the side of the iranians so it's it 's heating up it it, it doesn 't look good
2: and of course you 've already got uh, two aircraft uh, carrier. Um, Our guys, groups in uh, yeah. in uh, mm-hmm. in the Mediterranean.
4: That's correct. That's correct.
2: So they're not. Uh, so as soon as anything does happen, the U.S. is well placed to jump Everybody, on the side well, of Israel. It, it's right.
4: almost like it's almost like World War Three. The beginning of World War Three, in, uh, in 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 you know just kind of looking at what's shaping mm-hmm. up. If the Ezekiel prophecy is true, um, and of course I believe it is, and I do believe it will play out. Unfortunately, Israel will re- resolve um, uh, or. Re- um, Basically, they'll, they'll use their nuclear arsenal, whether it's a neutron bomb or, or, or whatever. I mean, a bomb like Hiroshima and Nagasaki, they will use their nuclear arsenal. And of course, this, if you actually, if, if your listeners would just take the time and read the Ezekiel th- chapter 39 prophecy, I mean, it's bizarre. This thing's written 2,500 years ago, and it talks about if I can travel there just for a second, because sure. I think it's really interesting. And it's very, it's very specific. It's not like Nostradamus with the fuzzy quatrains, which are just open to all sorts of interpretation. It talks about that this war happens, and the bodies are untouched, and they lay there for a period of about six months. No one touches the bodies. They just lay in state like that, okay? No one gets near them. After six months, people go out, listen to this part, and they put a marker by the body. They still don't touch it. They just put a marker there, and then professional barriers go out, gather up the dead, and bury them downwind, all in a mass grave at the Dead Sea, 2,500 years ago. Now, it just it just sounds so bizarre for someone writing that 2,500 years ago. They obviously had no idea of what they were seeing, but it sounds like, and I don't think I'm reading too much into this, I mean, no one's touching anything for six months. They're waiting for the radiation levels to That's go right. down. Then they still don't touch the bodies. They put you know markers by the... By what you know, the skeletons that they find or whatever, then professional barriers are hired. I mean, it sounds like there's a nuclear event there um, that happens, and that's what many people who study this stuff also concur that it seems like that this is what we're looking at. And of course, we know uh, Carter came out several months ago telling us that uh, the amount of uh, <laughs> the bombs that were in Israel's nuclear arsenal—I think it's 140 nukes they have or yeah. something. Thank you, Jimmy. So it's uh, the cat's out of the bag, and it's just a question of, of what event really triggers this thing. But, you know, in politics, prophecy and the supernatural, and we've talked about this before, I believe this is the event that will trigger the supernatural, and that goes into uh, dovetails into the Stevensville sightings or the three-mile wide craft seen, seen over the English Channel last year by two different pilots or just the UFO flaps and, and the, that, are, that are happening weekly somewhere around the planet. I mean, there are sightings all the time. So I think we're going to see some sort of a revealing um, in the not-too-distant future.
2: I've asked this to many people who talk about UFOs and uh, the monitoring of this planet by by uh, ETs. If there was to come a point where there was going to be a nuclear exchange, would there be divine intervention? And they all say yes. And yet, if this is true... Then the Ezekiel prophecy doesn't stand. However, I would, I you know, the Ezekiel prophecy was written thousands of years ago, and it makes sense. So, which way does the ball bounce here, Ellie?
4: Well, in, in my opinion, the it's not divine intervention. I mean, that that's the whole point. I think when the when the so-called extraterrestrial does the revealing, it will be very similar to what the Indiana Jones movie talks about it and we've discussed that at length on this show the idea that uh, somehow the extraterrestrials are responsible for all the world's religions and they genetically manipulated us and that of course in my opinion is the coming great deception that people you know can you imagine seeing actual live footage because they'll have it i mean it'll just be like on cnn and the fox news channel and everything else you know you'll turn this thing on and you'll see the battlefield and and things going off. I mean, you'll see all this, just like we saw shock and awe in Baghdad. I mean, people sat in their living rooms munching popcorn, uh, I hate to say it, and, exactly. and watching oh. shock and awe in, um, in, in Baghdad. Mm-hmm. It's craziness. And and the world's going to see this, and they will. I think we'll react in total horror. The world collectively will go, we just we just can't do this. And they. the world collectively will sign up for anything that talks about peace. And of course, it's a double whammy we're already we're already on our knees begging for peace, and then all of a sudden this revealing of the so-called extraterrestrial presence shows up and tells us that it's panther me, we seeded you through the galaxies, we genetically manipulated you, we'll show you who God really is, and people will sign up for that which which interestingly enough there's we've talked a little bit about this. there is an ancient prophecy which talks about before the antichrist is revealed, and this is again, it's very specific it says it says, before the son of perdition, the man of sin, the Antichrist, whichever title you want to give him, before the man of sin, the Antichrist is revealed, there will be a great falling away. Well, what does that mean? I get into that in Politics, Prophecy, and Supernatural. I quote pages by this uh, theologian. His name is Keithley, And he believes that, that this great falling away is a willful apostasy. But he doesn't, he doesn't have a scenario in which it happens. And I provide the scenario. Something happens which changes people's world's view. You know, instantly, and remember in Indiana Jones, and I know I'm going to go back to a movie, and you say, well, that's just a movie. Well, is it? When Indiana Jones sees that craft rise up underneath that Mayan temple, his worldview is shattered, and he goes, where did, where did it go? Outer space? And his mentor says, no, Indy, not outer space. It's interdimensional, which speaks of the whole hypothesis of the UFO put forth by Jacques Vallée, that it's not extraterrestrial craft from other planets. It seems to be more like interdimensional and then he equates it with the demons of old. I mean that's Belave's words, not mine, which I find very very fascinating. So I believe that this is um this is queuing up if you please for this coming great deception. And I know it sounds far out, but when you get movies like the Indiana Jones movie which goes right along with what by you know what I what I propose and what my book talks about the Luciferian endgame, it's uh it's you know what is what is fact and fiction and what are we really looking at and what's coming on the planet.
2: I, I understand. I understand that. But when I look at the Indiana Jones movie, I, I just see a movie. I see I, what I what I see, Ellie, is I see a brilliant uh, uh, Hollywood producer and director who's looking at the demographics and what the people are looking for. He's looking at the news. And he's looking at pulp fiction. He's also looking at theology, and he's looking at the paranormal. And what he's done, very successfully, has given the public exactly what they want to see.
4: And I, I would agree with you. He has given a, a section, a sector of the public, what they want to see. But for the most most part, I don't think Americans really travel in, in the whole UFO phenomenon. It's still, it's still pretty much fringe. I mean, yeah, the X Files. People will go see that, and people will turn into your program and, and others mm-hmm. uh, that are similar. But for the most part, you know, people, it, it's still kind of fringe stuff. And to me, it's, it's very, very deliberate. I mean, he could have gone anywhere with that movie. And, you know, he—he he, what, what I find pernicious about it is that if you really look at what he's saying, he's saying that the Mayan religion was crafted, no pun intended, by the extraterrestrial that's what he's saying because underneath that temple is this huge mothership which comes up and the god of the Mayan who is now resurrected when that thirteenth skull you know is is put back in place mm-hmm. uh, gets in the craft and off it goes so it it's to me it's it's very very deliberate and then of course it says interdimensional not extraterrestrial which again ties in the Jackctlay so I mean did Yeah, but Stuhlberg Jock
2: have... Jocfillet was also tied into Close Encounters of the Third Kind.
4: And there you go. There and, and not only that, but Spielberg did that movie and he also of did course. Taken. And
2: yeah. you... So so what are we looking at? We're looking at a a director who knows how to make money for the studios based on what the fringe want. And like it it's like feeding a kid all the chocolate he wants because he's gonna want more, more and more and more.
4: I would agree with you, except for one thing: that anybody in the arts, myself included, you find your niche, you find what, what you know, what your passion is, what you're passionate about, what interests you, mm-hmm. what your world view is, is always reflected in your art. And Spielberg's world view is reflected in his art. Now, does that mean that he believes in, let's say, the movies like Taken, the miniseries Taken, or let's say Close Encounters, or this new movie, the Indiana Jones movie? I would say yes. I, unless he's completely disingenuous as an artist, his worldview is being promulgated in every movie he does. And
2: he's obsessed with the well, extraterrestrial well, UFOs. He because practice. he's making a hell of a lot of money. <laughs> how, ma- how many Indiana Jones movies have there been? Well, there's, I think there's four, right? There think you think go. Still, he's yeah, had four, four successes altogether. based on the same formula. A right. smart person, a smart businessman, stays with the formula that works. Only a fool would stay with the formula that doesn't <laughs> it work. That doesn't work. I We've got to be back on I the other sure. side of this commercial break. When I come back, XO Nation, I'll be telling you who's on with us tomorrow during our Canada Day show here on the X-Zone. L.A. Marzuli is our special guest, www.spiraloflife.com. L.A. and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, tell me your thoughts. If you have an idea for a guest, send me that email as well to xzone at talkstarradio.com. The Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on our home network, our only network, the Talkstar Radio Network.
3: Don't go away. Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom, one of the best shows television ever offered. Now you can travel again with Marlon Perkins to the farthest reaches of the globe and study wild animals in their natural habitats. The Emmy Award-winning Wild Kingdom, now available on DVD. Order online at RetroTelevision.com and get 20 full-length episodes for $29.99. You'll see gorillas, elephants, giraffes, zebras, hippos, and more. Also memorable, three episodes featuring legendary primate researcher Diana Fossey from Gorillas in the Mist. 20 episodes of Wild Kingdom on DVD for $29.99. Go to RetroTelevision.com, or if you forget, log on to www.TopStarRadio.com and check out our video store. Save $10 on Wild Kingdom now at RetroTelevision.com.
1: Choosing someone to help guide you through deep financial waters is an important as well as very personal decision. Let me tell you good news. You have a friend in the loan business who is sincerely anxious to help you when you need it. The toll-free number, in case you ever do need it, is 1-866-464-1800. There will be an interested, caring, and friendly voice at the other end of the line when you call Prime Pacific Capital. I know it's not every day you need advice on consolidating credit cards or getting a home loan or getting a lower interest rate. But when you do need help, that's no time to take chances. Call 1-866-464-1800 or visit www.talkstarradio.com. Call 1-866-464-1800 and introduce yourself to your friend in the money business. But don't ask for free samples. I already tried that. (laughs) It doesn't work. Call 1-866-464-1800.
2: Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to take this opportunity of thanking our guest tonight, Morty Levine. We talked about yoga, meditation, and Eastern religions. Dr. Susan Shumsky, we talked about her new book entitled How to Hear the Voice of God. Nick, uh, Dr. Nick Begich joined me. We talked about harp. We talked about mind control. We talked about RFIDs. We talked about uh, mind experimentation and uh, much more. And uh, he is the author of Angels Don't Play This Harp, Advances in Tesla Technologies, amongst other books. L.A. Marzulli is our guest this hour. We talked about politics, prophecies, and the paranormal. And on tomorrow night show, our Canada Day uh, show, Paul Grondin will be joining me talking about the great North American Stop the North American Union and the SPP. We'll have an open mic hour called O Canada. Marie D. Jones joins me to talk about 2013, End of Days or a New Beginning. And Brian David Anderson will be talking about his new book, Check Out the Facts and Evidence. That's tomorrow night here on the X-Zone. Eli Marzulli's book is entitled Pro, uh, Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural, The Coming Great Deception, and the Luciferian Endgame. It's available at all major bookstores and, of course, on his website at www.spiraloflife.com. L.A., over the break, I, I, I thought about what I was saying about Steven Spielberg. Okay. And, and do you know what? Do you know what I... Not, I realized that... In each and every one of his movies, like uh, the Indiana Jones uh, series, and then the um, uh, close, encounters, close, close Encounters, there's no carryover of theme between these two. And, the, and if there was, I could understand and maybe agree with what you were saying. The only carryover, or the only... The only connection I can see, and and if I'm wrong, please tell me, is the fact that he used uh, uh, quotes and uh, Jacques Vallée in these two. But that was the only tying factor that I could see in the two movies.
4: Well, he seems to have an overlying worldview, and, 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 it, and it's that way, let's say, in E.T. the Extraterrestrial, close in kind of the third time, the uh, miniseries taken in this new movie. And, and that is that the extraterrestrials somehow, uh, I don't want to use the word overlords, but not only are they superior to us technologically, but they, they, they seem to have some sort of a benevolent uh, plan towards us. Remember Close Encounter, what happens at the end? He goes into the ship, and yeah. they all greet him, and they surround him. So they're, they're, they're basically benevolent. Even after all, all the nonsense that's happened, they're basically benevolent. Same thing in Taken. Even though people have implants, they're abducted, um, they're subjected to horrible experiments and all this other stuff, and there's murder, there's mayhem, there's incest, there's um, you know it, it, just everything you can possibly imagine in that 20-hour miniseries, and yet the end product somehow justifies the means, so it's yeah, a little okay. darker. You know, right. But th- what I'm saying is he's promulgating, I believe, a world view. And that All right, is but don't
2: forget, don't forget, in the War of the Worlds, the the disaster ships from Mars were right. in the ground as well, and they rose up and they caused hell and havoc here on this planet. Elliot, we've run out of time for tonight. Speak <laughs> okay, to you next Rob, Monday, you night, next buddy. Monday. www.spiraloflife.com well, that's it for us over here at the X And to my producer at Master Control, the one and only Batman, thanks, Batman, for keeping us up on those four big satellites in the sky, Galaxy 4R, Telstar 7, Aglia 2, and G3. And, of course, on TalkStarRadio.com, streaming audio. To my wife and senior producer, Laura Rogers, thank you, sweetheart. And to you, the Zone Nation, thank you for allowing us to be part of your day your night, no matter where you are on this great big planet of ours. Canada. Happy birthday from the Exxon Nation and each and every one of us. Tomorrow, until tomorrow, keep your eyes to the sky.